bitch. Did you see this shit about Gaga? <laughs> oh my god, about her dogs? That's psychotic. I feel so bad for her. Apparently, she's in like Italy right now filming something. And oh, to no. like get news that not only was your like dog walker shot, which is like horrifying and mm-hmm. fucked up beyond imagination, but her like two of her dogs were kidnapped and one ran away. I mean, the other one was found, but still. Girl, poor girl. <sighs> poor Stephanie. I hope she's doing okay and is taking care of herself. Um, and that's all we can do right now. This is we're prayers for Gaga. Yeah, prayers for Gaga. That is just so horrible. I just think for me, it's like there's so many celebrities that are so horrible that this could have happened to. Not that I want this to happen to anyone, but yep. Lady Gaga, why? <laughs> what did she do? Except for she look did stunning. nothing. Except for be iconic. Except for release the best album. No, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. She did not. Um, Maybe maybe that is the one thing she hasn't done. But she's got got time. Madonna did Ray of Light like 20 years into her career. Oh, yeah. Madonna did Ray of Light and then bounced back, what, uh, eight years later and then did it all again with Confessions on a Dance Floor. Girl, she can do it. And then bounced back again with Madame X. Am I right? (laughs) I love Madame X. (laughs) Of course you love Madame X. And now came talk. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. It's six o'clock. Uh, hi. Hello. Hello. Everyone. Hello. Uh, you might be listening to this at 6 a.m. on the bus like I am on uh, Wednesday mornings. Hello, Bear. Hi. Wakey, wakey. Wake up. Good morning. Good Hi. morning. It's us. It's us, the gays. Hi, this is Straight People Movies. It's a podcast where two gays get together. We watch a movie made for straight people and ask, why? Why? But, but like, why? No, no. Please explain it to me. No, like I, I get it, but like why? No, 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 no! Stop explaining it to me. I want to know why. No, I, but no, no, I understand. I understand. We watch the same movie, but why? No, 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 no! I get it. Like I, I get the the motivation, and I get everything that's going on. I just like why, why, why? My name is Dylan Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. Hi, and we have a very special movie today. Actually, it's just another one. <laughs> you saw the title of it, or whatever. Uh, but before we get into the movie, we actually have an announcement. <gasps> Ooh. An announcement. We are actually breaking tradition slightly. So normally, if you notice, we do we do older movies. Today's movie is actually relatively recent, and I didn't realize it was that recent. I actually thought it was much older <laughs> until I looked it up. Oh, I thought this movie came out in like 2012. I was so me confused. too. It has big early 2010s energy. It really but does. <laughs> uh, we are going to be actually doing a new movie, and it's actually not new. It's a re-edit director's cut you might say of an older movie but it is coming out mid-march it is called justice league the snyder cut uh the infamous straight boy movie that straight internet has been screaming about for years and years and years is finally coming out and we will be watching it and we will be talking about it and we will probably have to go to an asylum afterwards because it's four hours long Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm super excited because uh, I might be one of the only few people in the world that thought Sucker Punch was worth watching. And this is also Kirk's last episode of Straight People Movies. I am kicking him out. Yeah, uh, because I'm now going to be fully straight after. Yeah, that's, yeah. once you <laughs> like Sucker Punch, it's like it's only a matter of time. It's, it starts infecting your body. I got distracted by the Bjork robot <laughs> fighting scene, okay? I'll do anything That was whenever I was like, that moment I was like, this movie is the devil. This movie is in hell. I am Saint Maud. I would say that Zack Snyder is an ally, though, because, you know, in high school, seeing 300 with all your bro friends was a very interesting experience because they were oh, like, yeah, blood, guts, torture. And I was like, men with their shirts off. Like Gerard screaming. Butler. Yeah. And it's like something that we could all kind of connect on. And what was kind of weird about it is it's like, I feel like we were all kind of connecting on it for like the same reasons, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 300, also, you know? It's iconic that Zack Snyder did Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Ghoul. Uh, iconic. <laughs> his filmography might be one of the most iconic filmographies of all time. Like, yes, most of his movies are terrible, but I love the guy. Smack dab in the middle. <laughs> he did an owl animated movie. <laughs> he just said, why not? Why not? Let's do it, girl. 
<laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, I'm uh, not sure if I'm looking forward to watching Justice League because, as you will find out uh, during this pod, I have not seen one superhero movie ever in my whole life, it, it seems like, <laughs> um, when, when I talk to people about it. Um, so... Yeah, that should be very interesting. Just jumping right into it. It should be, it. especially because it's like the like sixth movie <laughs> in this story. Yeah, it's going to make no sense. And to I'm going to be watching like a director's cut of it, and I haven't seen the original, and I'm not planning on it. So, oh, never watch it. Uh, I do. I would suggest with hesitations, with reservations, um, Batman v Superman: Colon Dawn of Justice, only because Jesse Eisenberg is the villain. And okay, Holly iconic. Hunter, iconic, love it. And Holly Hunter's in it. And there's a part where Jesse Eisenberg makes her drink a jar of piss and then blows her up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, this movie is the way. Oh God, I wish I was good at doing a Holly Hunter accent, but it always ends up just sounding like Jodie Foster. <laughs> it's just like, is this piss? I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. I was like. <laughs> Oh no, I'm doing that yet. Oh, I'm breaking. I'm breaking. Oh, okay. No. okay. All right. But yeah, keep an eye out. It'll be uh, the week. It'll. I think the movie comes out March 18th, so it'll be the Wednesday after that. I may even, depending on how fast I edit that thing, might drop it a little early as a little surprise for you. Who knows? But uh, we will be doing a Justice League Snyder, Snyder Cut. Justice League Snyder Cut. Yeah, tune in. Tune in if you want to hear us both just uh, slowly descending into madness for That's it. Oh, God. That's going to be a long episode. Yeah, maybe. It might be a two-parter. That might be. Oh, girl, we do a two-part episode on Justice League. That movie is four hours long once again. What have I gotten myself into? Oh, we live in hell. What are we watching today? Well, we are watching the 2017, apparently, film uh, Logan. Logan. Da, da, da. Uh, directed by James Mangold. Uh, it is yeah. the 10th film in the X-Men franchise and the third in a trilogy of standalone Wolverine films. And I think that's where I got a little confused because I was like, didn't like a Wolverine movie come out like when I was in high school? Yeah. And I, 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 I didn't realize until today that there are three separate films. I thought they were all yes. the same movie. I was very confused. Very. It confused. is incredibly confusing because it's, they all had terrible names. It's X-Men Origins Wolverine, then The Wolverine, then Logan. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Mm-mm. And apparently, I didn't know this, James Mangold directed the other Wolverine movie that mm-hmm. came before this one. So he did the Japanese one. He said, I love the, the character of Wolverine. I'm, I, you know. That, I'm he might have directed the one, one with... There's one of them that Will I Am is in. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the film stars He's Hugh Jackman, uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Richard E. Grant. We'll talk more Thank about that later. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, who was very hot in the movie. Oh uh, my God, that tattoo. Stephen Merchant, who was absolutely terrifying in the movie. <laughs> and Elizabeth Rodriguez. Oh, you know, I really love her in uh, Michael Mann's Miami Vice. So it was really like a love. Oh, hell her. yeah. Yeah, love her. She's iconic. Love her in Orange is the New Black. Oh, God, she's so good. Oh, so anyway. good. And introducing Daphne Keen, Daphne, Daphne, I don't know, Daphne. Keen, um, as the little girl in the movie. Um, and yeah, the, we're, 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 we're going to be talking about Logan. Yeah. Every we're, time they said Daphne Keen's character named Laura, I just got that Bat for Lashes song stuck in my head. Uh, wait, wait, no. Are you doing Daniel? Daniel? Yeah, I was doing Daniel. Wait, what's, which one's Laura? The one that's like... Ooh, Laura, this, this horror superstar. But she says that in every song, so I don't know. No <laughs> one that's listening to this podcast is going to know what we're talking about. Um, anyway, so Logan. Dylan, Logan. you've seen this movie before, right? Yes. What did yeah, you, um, what'd you think of it? I used to do... So every year I try to watch... Uh, every movie nominated for the Oscars for right. everything. Um, I end up. I usually just do all of the above the lines because I. That's so many movies, and it's like I'm not going to be able to see some of those foreign language movies. But I, I watch every above the line, so picture, director, screenplay, acting, and then I'll watch all the docs and all the shorts because those are relatively easy to find, and they do all the shorts programs at theaters. This is not interesting at all. But the reason I, I saw really Logan, oh thank you. It's 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 fun. And, you know, it's like a it's a, it's a race. You know, you get basically like two months to watch like sixty movies. I love it. Um, and I have like a whole spreadsheet. It's psychotic. 
But Logan was, for some reason, <laughs> nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay at the 2017 Oscars. I don't know why. Yeah, I wouldn't say that the the screenplay was like one of the like strengths of the film. No, um, it's a lot of uh, we gotta go. Um, but yeah, so it was that was what I watched that, and then also it was around the time there was a big like critical mass around this movie that was like this movie is secretly a western. It is actually an adult movie, superhero movies. And we need to respect it as such. Give Patrick Stewart the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor because he's iconic. And then I watched it and I was like, okay. Yeah, you know, you get the whole sense, the whole movie, that it's really in the shadow of the Dark Knight. Like, yes, living in the shadow of the Dark Knight. You get the, from the whole movie that it's like, I mean, sure, it goes into a different aesthetic direction, which I, I guess I appreciate. But yeah. you do get a sense that it's like, we're going to make an adult superhero movie for adults yeah well and it sucks because it's like x-men is like that's not i love the x-men movies um yeah they're the gayest superhero stories they're all like the like textually gay ones and then they're like what if we made one that's not gay like this is the only straight superhero or only straight x-men movie no totally i completely agree with you on that i feel like superhero movies like used to be garish and flamboyant and stupid and amazing and then well, this the- is the place for where I'm just gonna my psychotic uh, Batman opinion, which is like the best Batman is Batman and Robin. I mean, that I would consider that to be a psychotic opinion, but I love it. <laughs> it's incredible. I think for me, Batman Returns, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I mean, you can't beat it. It's gay. No, I mean both of both of those are the gay superheroes, and it's like I feel like people every every six months or so something kind of goes up on like film gay Twitter or on film Twitter where it's like, oh, where are the gay superheroes? And it's like we had them. In the 90s. Yeah, yeah, and y'all, y'all didn't appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I think for me, it's like, uh, again, it goes back into, like, a lot of things that happen with, like, gay culture, like, things that are more flamboyant. It's like someone comes along and it's like, you know what I'm going to do with this genre that's, like, not being taken seriously by the masses and is only liked by, like, gays and, and little girls? We're going to make it serious. We're going we're gonna to make a serious film. We're going to be influenced by Scorsese when we make it. And we're going to make a, a dark, gritty, anti-hero film. And it's just like, I get it. It's I'm it's cute. cute. I, I, you know, I who doesn't love a good grizzly anti-hero? You know? Love it. Who doesn't love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? He's fantastic as Hugh Wolverine. Jackman is so goddamn hot in this movie. He's so hot in it. He's very... I mean, my, one of my favorite things about Hugh Jackman is he puts his fucking all into everything he does. Like, yeah. that well, He's like acts. a big theater actor. That's why he, like, is very big and on screen. Yeah. And I just... I don't know. It's like... Definitely the first, like, 30 minutes. Of, so, I, I, in case, I don't know if I had mentioned this already. I hadn't seen the film until we did this episode. So, this is my first, this is, like, first impressions. I literally finished it, like, an hour ago. Definitely the first, like, 30 minutes. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Like, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's, like, trying to be, like, a Scorsese movie. It's trying to be a Western. It's trying to be, like, an Americana Road movie. It's, like, trying to take us from everything that makes something usually a superhero movie in our eyes. And really trying to make it, like, lived in and all that good stuff. I will say this, though. I still kind of fell for the movie a little bit. I ended up, oh, yeah. I ended up once, enjoying it. <laughs> once, like, other people show up, it's it's good. <laughs> like yeah. once, I think when it starts to, like, it picks up is whenever they run into the family on the road with the horses. I that's agree. whenever I'm like, that's the movie starts. God, that part of the movie is so depressing. I mean, I'll get it's to so it, bad. but there's, like, I mean... Yeah, I I agree. I think for me, the storyline picked up for me when it was revealed, like, where Laura comes from and, like, the backstory about these, like, mutants being made in a lab to Mm -hmm. be weapons. Child abuse and screaming ensues. It was all very compelling, very disturbing stuff. And I was like, I I kind of, the whole movie kind of was just like, why? I wish the movie was just kind of about these, like, lost children, like, escaping this facility. Because I actually think that their storyline's way more interesting than You know what would be fascinating? Uh, is if they did this remember uh, how last year that Ben Zeitlin movie Wendy came out and it, no one saw it because Aww. coronavirus yeah do that but with the X-Men kids totally I think that that would have been really cool because uh, the whole movie I was like man I just like I don't really care about like Wolverine's like weird little like journey and I don't care about like he's an alcoholic yeah, we get it he's no. he hates himself yada yada we get it okay so he's, he's got himself. daddy issues with Patrick Stewart I get it 
But it's like when it came to Laura's character in the background and all these kids escaping, the fact that also they're all clones of like famous X-Men, oh, which fact. they didn't yeah. really delve into. I was kind of like, that's cool. We got like Storm's little kid. We got like fucking like, I guess, I don't know any of their names. I'm Grass sorry. Man, oh my God, everyone's about to read me so hard because I'm not a superhero <laughs> girl. But like Famke Johnson's know. character, what yeah. was her name? Um, her name was... Uh, <laughs> Dark, no, yeah, she's like Dark Phoenix and right. Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean, Jean Grey. Grey, Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean Grey's little moment, and like you know, there's like all these different like X Men clones. I like, like near the end of the film when we got to like Eden and all that. I felt like for me that was the strongest part of the movie was this whole like kind mm-hmm. of like Lost Boys kind of like aesthetic, very Peter Pan esque kind of thing going on, and they're like trying to escape to Canada because Canada will save Canada. us all. That for me was the most compelling part of the movie. Was that like that's maybe where the screenplay gets a little props for me because it was a really cool concept and I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, when I was watching it, I was like, "Wait, did we just watch Mad Max Fury Road again?" I know, uh, Dylan. I was like, oh, <laughs> like shit. "Oh shit!" When we did the order, we didn't consider like desert. Yeah, just desert. It gets pretty green in the second yeah. half, but in the beginning, I was like, "Oh no, it's a bunch of old cars and." There's, like, the thing they got to get from one place to another. Oh, no. But you just can't escape it. You just can't no. escape it, Dylan. What, what kinds like of we said last choosing? episode, there are 11 stories. Yeah, so it's it. like you can't escape the desert when it comes to straight people movies, and you can't escape cars. You just no, can't. Sorry. Can't. It's just what's going to happen every single time. And yet again, of course, we got daddy issues, too. We'll get more into that later. But, I, oh, yeah. yeah, I was worried, you... too. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. How did you feel about Patrick Stewart in the movie? I thought it was cool. <laughs> I thought I it was cool. <laughs> I was so distracted for most of his part in the movie because it took me a while to really like get into the style of the film. I think for mm-hmm. me, like I was really distracted by how gory it was. I mean, it I is, get that. It starts off, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's like really, Psychotic. really violent. There's like kids being killed in it. I'm like, oh, this is a capital R rated movie. They're like, mm-hmm. we're making an R rated superhero movie. God fucking damn it. And it was like a little aggressive to me. I was like, oh, yeah, it's girl. like there's blood, there's violence, there's fucks, there's tits at one point. That's the part that really pissed me off was like how much fucks were in the movie. It just to me, like, read a little like 12 year old wrote the screenplay. It was very mm-hmm. like, well, they're fucking this and that. And like hearing like Patrick Stewart say the word fuck as Professor X, it just really <laughs> threw me off. I was like, hearing Patrick Stewart do Taco Bell copy uh, was also that very weird. Was very strange. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's good in it. I think all the acting's pretty good in the movie. I just think that for me, again, it turned into kind of like fanfic written by like a very aggressive 16 year old boy that's like especially when they bring in all the comics especially when they reference x-men comics oh i was like this God. is unnecessary oh yeah the meta-ness of it all girl straight people love meta we talked they about this gays fucking... love postmodern straight people love meta they love meta shit yeah i thought that was it. again a lot of the choices the film made were like interesting but then they didn't like take it far enough for me to go like ooh. Mm-hmm. it was just kind of like oh okay well that was a choice well, that's kind of James Mangold's thing is that he's like a very just like work work a day workman director. Like all of his stuff is very standard. It's like I don't want to say like high quality, but it's quality what he does. Like he did Girl Interrupted, which I mean, we love and is I iconic. Mean, oh, what a classic gay film that one is. Classic. I, yeah, uh, I agree that he's kind of like a serviceable director. He kind of just gets the work done. Because for me, it's like. Yes, like, I can tell that, like, Logan has, like, an aesthetic and a style, but, like, it doesn't take it far enough for me. Like, at least, like, the Dark Knight, I mean, you know, I just said at least, like, the Dark Knight was, like, original. Yeah. Um, I feel like with Logan, it just feels a little, like, oh, people like Scorsese, people like fucking, like, early Robert Altman, like, people like, you know, Westerns, let's do that. You know, it just felt a little too, like, on the nose for me a lot of the time, and... I don't know. It just, it, it, I think for me, what it was missing was atmosphere. Like, yeah. And it was like, you look at like, you look at a movie like X2, which <gasps> has, mean, is so good. And I mean, has we'll pretend iconic. it's not directed by you know who, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a movie where it's like, try to buy it used if you can, yeah, or, or maybe steal it. Who knows? Um, don't steal. We do not, we do not promote condone piracy, piracy here. But no, if, you, if you were to do it, just, just like, be safe um but it has that iconic opening scene with alan cumming 
as Nightcrawler just shifting around and it's so visually stunning. It's like, what, well, like 2002 and that came out iconic. And then you have the opening scene here and it's like almost incomprehensible because it's at night and it's like, what is happening? All you can see is just like sometimes an arm flies off. And I, whenever I was watching, I was like, oh no, is this going to be the whole movie? And thankfully, the rest of the movie for the most part is during the day. Yeah, no, the opening scene really turned me off. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. I was like, oh, he's going to, this white guy's going to kill all these Mexican guys. I know. I was like, oh, my God. I'm so over it. Great. Me and Jesus were talking about, like, the aesthetic of Mexico in films and how it's always Mm -hmm. yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, like, how, like, annoying it is. And I was like, and we were talking about, like, where it came from. And then we both decided that it's actually Robert Rodriguez's fault. He did that to us. He's the one that started that trend. Um, luckily, Logan didn't fall into that trope necessarily, but definitely like had the some some of the issues with. I mean, oh, girl, I feel like there's a I had a lot of issues with some of the stuff in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we already kind of mentioned it, but like that family that like takes them in. Um, hello, they all got fucking murked because Straight of you, <laughs> and they don't even talk about it. They're not even like, wow, that that poor family that took us in was nice to us for no reason. Like didn't so they haven't been on vacation in years. Yeah, and then the girl just steals the guy's iPod. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the iPod. Yeah, in twenty twenty nine, please, girl. Uh, Although that was was the scene where it was two Wolverines fighting, and it was hot. It was very hot, and the other Wolverine was hotter than the main. He sure was. Oh yeah, but but yeah, I just think for me, like that movie, like movies like this that are like this is serious movie anti-hero like he's battling demons it's like okay i get it he's battling demons but then also in the course of the film he does a bunch of fucked up shit that affects a bunch of people that are innocent and they mm-hmm. don't feel bad about it he's just kind of like i've hurt people i'm like hurt who bitch say who who'd you hurt <laughs> say, say their name oh did you not say their names. their names <laughs> say their names you didn't get it like, girl like so but again i get it I, these kinds of movies are always like that i just think that like for me, I need camp. I need a little bit of yeah. camp when this many people are going to die or else I feel like the weight of that on me when I'm watching the movie and I'm like, damn, this is kind of fucked up. Like, well, how it truly is, though. It is like the monkey paw curls because you say that and then it's like the next thing they did that Fox did was Deadpool, oh, God. which is just full darkness. Actually, I think this might be, this might be after Deadpool. But at least this. Deadpool has a sense of humor. At least Deadpool's like this. It's fucked up with a wink on its face. Like it has maybe... a sense of humor that I hate. I mean, I know it's like straight camp. Deadpool's Deadpool like was before camp. this. How did this know. movie come out in 2017? That was it feels was like it should come out. Over three I completely agree with you that it does not feel like it came out in 2017. I feel like it was part of that movement that like happened like years ago. Yeah, it feels like it, it was made in the in the period where they were kind of lost in superhero movies, where like there wasn't like the MCU and the DECU. It was just it felt like everyone kind of did whatever they wanted, and I, it's psychotic. This movie came out in 2017, even though when you look at it now, it's like oh, the, kind of the themes of the movie are like um, deportation, not really deportation, but like kids in cages, specifically like Mexican kids and having to escape from America to a different country. Um, and that were, those were very prescient themes in 2016, 2017 when this came out. Definitely. But just stylistically and just like tonally, it feels so 2014. I Yeah, I definitely agree. And like I appreciated like the whole like immigration analogy and stuff like that. But again, it just like at the end of the day for me when it comes to movies, it's like I like all kinds of movies. But for me, I need to feel like the movie has a point of view aesthetically and stylistically. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, even though I did end up enjoying Logan, because I think it was an engrossing movie, and you know, yeah, it's Wolverine, who doesn't like the character of Wolverine? But like, yeah. for me, I just wish the film had a little bit more of a point of view. Like, The Dark Knight has a point of view. Like, a lot of other, like, even like Tim Burton's Batmans that I love have a very specific point of view stylistically. Joel Schumacher's Batmans have a point of view. Queen. And I, and I in, feel like this In this film, pod, we stand Joel Schumacher. We stand Joel Schumacher. We love you, baby. R.I.P. Rest in peace. But it's just, for me, this movie, it just feels very like, oh, yeah, we'll, like, reference a couple westerns, and, yeah, it's a, now it's a capital F film. And I just don't buy yeah. it, you know? Yeah, I feel that. And I I think I like James Mangold movies. Like, I I really like Ford vs. Ferrari. Uh, as It is far too long, but I thought the movie was a very perfect, just, like, dad movie. And every year there's like some sort of dad movie that comes out like that or what else I can think of is like Rush or like 1917 
yeah. or like this year, like News of the World or something. And I just, I, I like a good dad movie. And he did, yeah, Ford vs. Ford versus Ferrari, slightly too long, like two and a half hours long. Does not oh even that long. He directed I Identity. Iconic. Oh my god! Identity. The twist identity totally that blew my twelve-year-old mind. It's the it, if you're twelve, if you're listening to this podcast and you're twelve, first of all, stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't do listen to anything know. that we're saying. Do not listen. <laughs> do not look up Azalea Banks. Um, but if you can go watch Identity right now, yeah, it's iconic. It's a perfect like first R-rated movie for a child. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. It's like it's I think I may have cut it. I don't know, but did we we talked about Heartbreakers. I think I cut it. No, you didn't. I think it's in oh, the pod oh, okay, where we talk yeah. about how being gay is just watching Heartbreakers in a hotel with your mom when you're twelve. Yes. Heartbreakers is a hotel movie. Identity is a hotel movie. Yeah, identity is like Oh, that looks fun. I like John Cusack. Let's order room service and watch Identity. Yeah, let's, watch let's it. do it. Why not? And it's like, set, and it's like set at a like motel. Exactly. So like, you're like, oh my god, this is scary. What if this happens to us? What if we're Identity? Wait, what is this going on? Oh my god, what if we're like? Oh, I don't want to give the twist away. I don't want to give the twist. I don't want to give it away. It's a good. It's a good we'll one. do it. <laughs> what if I mean, it's we problematic as fuck? Episode. I guess nowadays, but yeah. yeah, we should do it whenever like we're out of movies. We'll do an Identity episode. Episode six hundred will be Identity. But yeah, I. I, I... <sighs> I'm trying to think of what else to say about Logan. I think for me, it just, like I said, other than the uh, the plot about the children, which I thought was really interesting, most of the movie is your pretty typical anti-hero piece. Wolverine is like, I'm a piece of shit. He's an alcoholic. He drives mm-hmm. for Uber, you know? <laughs> he yeah. is the limo driver in Holy Motors. <laughs> Ooh, Holy Motors. Mm. Oh, girl. Mm. That was like... Do I put Holy Motors as my game of a suggestion? But it's like that's too that's too that's, far off. Girl, we can't we we can't keep getting so chaotic with this. Um, yeah. No, I I think that like it, it just for me it's like it was all very satisfying. Logan ticked all the boxes. It did exactly everything I thought it was going to do. I just wish it had a little bit more fun with it. Is all just yeah. a little more fun with it. It's like the movie's so serious. It's so serious. Even though the sequence, like the action sequences and the violence in the movie is so insane. It's like... It's so... And there's not a lot of like laugh lines in the movie. Like I thought Stephen Merchant would be the like comic relief because he's like a comedian. But no, he just gets basically like two scenes where he is uh, like their servant, I guess. What is what is he? That was like, so roommate? weird. I, I I was like, I don't, I, I was confused by all that. I was like, I haven't seen yeah. a lot of the X-Men movies recently, so I don't know if I missed something. But. And then he just gets kidnapped by Boyd. What's his name? Boyd Holt. Mm. <laughs> whatever, whatever his name is. Oh my mm. god. Oh girl, with that. Oh that that tattoo. Oh Boyd that Holbrook. gold tooth. Mm. Oh that gold tooth. Oh that accent I couldn't quite place. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> he's clearly like. Is he Australian? He looks Australian. Is he not? He's, some, he's, yeah, Boyd. he's some sort of. He's some sort of flavored. Yeah, Boyd is very Australian. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really have that much comedic. No, he's relief. from Kentucky. He that what? Okay. I mean, that also tracks. If your name's Boyd. You're from Kentucky. Yeah, That's right. some justified-ass name. Um, I think the movie really picks up when Richard E. Grant shows up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Richard E. Grant. I just love uh, it because Richard E. Grant plays the same character in every movie, but he just has different <laughs> lines. So it's really fun hearing him say things like, I will control them, but like in Richard E. Grant's voice. Like he's like very canonical superhero lines, like very yeah. villain lines. It was really fun. But he's just like a, just a 50-year-old British gay dude. I love it. Love, love him. It. I it was love. So great. I just love that in the 2010s, we've really like embraced like gay villains. Like instead of like not saying they're gay, we're basically like they're gay. They're like gay. like, what should I call it? Which one was the Javier Bardem James Bond movie? Oh, Skyfall? Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. Girl. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah, he's so faggy in that. And then, like, Hela and Thor Ragnarok, which you haven't seen yet. Oh, I need to, I guess I need to watch that one. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I got in trouble on Twitter the other day for making fun of other movie podcasts for uh, doing Bane in the Dark Knight Rises impressions. Uh, stop doing them. But Bane is definitely gay. Oh, yeah. Especially in Joel Schumacher's film. Oh, my girl. Bane is so hot. And those veins that, that are like oh, literally girl. like tubes oh girl oh, coming out of fuck. his arms that might be we might have to do like a twitch stream or something like a just us watching just like <laughs> us eating Robin. oh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. poison ivy what are you gonna do you gonna push that button in his chest mm. <laughs> um 
Before anyway. we move on to more to more specific uh, straight things, Logan, I wanted to talk about how Logan. you feel. Yes, Logan. Logan. Uh, how do you feel about um, Logan and Dr. Xavier fucking dying? I mean, it just, for me, it's like, yes, it's all very bold and provocative, but it isn't. Because I think it's just kind of playing to the same things that are very in around this time period, right? Which is like Game of Thrones is big in 2017. It's like we're already used to this whole like, we can't be killing characters when you're not expecting it. I just feel like everything that this movie did felt very of the time and also before the time like we mentioned. And just none of it felt fresh. It all felt very like, oh, well, this is in right now. So that's what we're going to do. Correct. Yes. I didn't feel anything. I didn't cry at all. No, I felt I felt absolutely nothing. Um, the only thing that I was like actually surprised by was whenever Stephen Merchant blew himself up and was like, "What did he say? Beware the light." Yeah, that was that was that was cute. <laughs> but again, it's like it's like weird because it's like a campy line, but then the movie's like so serious. I don't know. It just really throws me off. It really throws True, me off. There is only one comedic scene in the movie, and it's when they're at the gas station. Oh yeah, that and was it's really fun. Barely, it's like ten seconds. Maybe 30, but it's like, that's the one laugh line you get. And then it's just back to, <laughs> we're going to stab people with my foot claws. I was really disappointed that the little girl, like, saw that really cute little, like, unicorn in a cowboy outfit in the store and that she didn't get it. That was, like, such a tease. And it's like, you didn't give it to me. Ha- and that's disappointing. You just took, you took her dead, not mom's $50,000. You can spare yeah. 10 bucks. She's like Logan. traumatized as fuck. Get her some cute cowboy boots and cowboy hat, goddammit. Although her sunglasses, major. <laughs> yeah, those sunglasses are major. I think for me, like, again, I'm going to say it again. The most compelling part of the movie is her. Her storyline. Mm-hmm. What's going on with all that. And for me, the rest of it's just kind of like set dressing, which is like ironic since we all came here to see Wolverine. And then I end up being the least interested in, in his storyline out of everything that's going on. Yeah. I do have like a when they're like when they're like um what is it like you're her father Logan and it's like is he though yeah just because like, it's his like sperm or whatever or his like DNA just like DNA I think it's just that like I don't even think it's like yeah I think it's just they they splice some of them that's not that's, God, that's not what that that doesn't count that, that would totally happen to me I would just like be like in my fifties <laughs> alcoholic working Uber. And then just some kid comes up to me and is like, I'm your son. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Seriously? And they're like, how'd you get that? And they're like, <laughs> you accidentally pricked your finger on a nail at Barbarella and we took it from there. We thought, that'll be fun. Let's use him. Let's use him. He was fun. Let's go. It's like, I always wanted to be special. Like well, Castle here we song. are. That's what I got. <sighs> oh, God. Man. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. It just... <laughs> God, I, I, you know, I, I wish I had... I like, okay, guys, I really did like the movie. It just, I think for me, it's like, it's hard to say things I liked, like, that I liked about it, because everything I liked about it was just everything that was familiar about it, for the mm-hmm. most part. It's like, oh, like, it was a well shot, well edited, well paced, you yeah, know? And it's like, I cared about what was okay going on. It's okay to, to like a movie and also have major problems with it. Like, it's not every movie doesn't have to be Parasite or, I don't know, like, I can't think of it. What's the opposite of Parasite? Uh, uh, Book of Eli. No, Book of Henry. That's what it's called. Book of Henry. Book of Eli. (laughs) Book of Henry. I think that you're Uh, bringing up a really good point, though, which is that mm -hmm. I think that what makes movies like Logan weird for me is it's like I have all these, like, straight boys, like, in my ear being like, Logan is an amazing movie. Logan is a masterpiece masterpiece psychotic and i'm like y'all it was a solid watch i enjoyed it i'm not mad i watched it would maybe even watch it again if it was on tv you know but it I, is I a think very good airplane movie it was a very solid airplane movie and it's like i think for me it's just like the moment with superhero genres it just gets so weird because it's like the moment they do like anything a little different with it they're, everyone's like oh my god <laughs> life-changing and i'm like all it did was take a character from a comic book and then put him in a world that we already all know from other movies and then mishmash them together. And that's, that's amazing. I don't know. It just, I hate to be an asshole, but it just, it feels very silly to me. It's like, why can't you just be like, Logan was fun. That Logan was a fun R rated action superhero movie. That's, that's what it. it needed to be. And also like the movies we've watched so far. So we did drive, which is divisive. We did, what was the second thing we did? Princess Bride which is universally beloved. Mad Max, which is pretty much universally beloved. Titanic, which is universally beloved. And then now 
this is our first movie that we just like, okay. Yeah. It's our first movie where I watched it. I enjoyed it. I can see why people liked it, but I do think that people are getting a little ahead of themselves here. Yeah. Best adapted screenplay? Yes. Best adapted screenplay. The other nominees that year, I have them written down somewhere, are all great. It's Molly's Game, which is a perfect hotel movie if you haven't seen Molly's (laughs) Game. Great hotel movie. And that's a... um, Fuck, what's his name? West Wing, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Oh, um, Aaron... Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Yes. The Disaster Artist, which I feel like we've all, like, purposefully forgot about, but yeah. I like The Disaster Artist a lot. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Did we saw that in theaters? Did we see that in theaters together? We did! Aw. Yeah. And then Mudbound, which I fucking love Mudbound. I still have you seen... to watch Mudbound. It's so good. I Incredibly really want to watch it. Incredible. And then you have Logan. Oh, I didn't even say the winner. Call Me By Your Name. Was the winner is, that year. Which is kind of funny that it won Best Screenplay because... Well, the, mean, you know why they did it is because uh, that was the first... Okay. And also it was the first like time James Ivory had ever won an Oscar. Right, because he... Did he not did he direct or did he just write like Howard's and in all those films? Yeah, he wrote all those like Merchant Ivory movies in the 80s and stuff that were like all the Oscar stuff. So he, all the awards that those won, he didn't get... So this is the right. first time that they could give him an award. And he's like 400 years old. And so they're like, all right, let's just fucking... That, no. scene, where, that scene where the dad talks to Timothy Chalamet and it's like, we'll put that in the Oscar clip and then you'll win. Yeah, the one scene where there's dialogue for longer than a minute. <laughs> that scene is, that made me cry. I mean, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. But let's, like, not, let's not sit here and lie and say that Call Me By Your Name is not just a movie that's <laughs> filled with just vibes and that's it. Uh, so, yeah, no, and it's filled with our husband, Army Hammer. Anyway, <laughs> I'm cutting that part Army, out. Army, you're innocent, baby. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. No, you're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's just, yeah, it's all very surprising. I, I think it's what's the most interesting, though, that this phenomenon that's been going on during the 2010s, I think, is that on one hand, I love it, that mainstream films, mainstream music, mainstream culture, we're trying to reevaluate it. We're trying to be like, you know what, there's value in mainstream things and in and, and pop culture and that we don't need to be so pretentious about only arty underground things being worthy of anything. Mm. But at the same time though, at the same time though, it's like, why put all this energy into like being like, no, Logan is a piece of art and it's not like some independent film that like needs a little bit more love that no one's seen that maybe people would enjoy. I mean, it just seems really strange to me. Yeah, the balance is off um, for people. Like, it's like, I've, I there was some tweet a couple years ago I saw that it was like, Poptimism 2006 was saying that this Justin Timberlake album deserves as much critical acclaim as this Grizzly Bear album. And then Poptimism now is like, if you don't like this millionaire artist, you're problematic. And it's like, it, we we need to be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think we've the scales have tipped too much on the other side now. And I think Logan's a good example of that, which is that, where they're like, no, like, action movies and superhero movies deserve Oscars too. And I'm like, but here's the thing. Logan is, what I read, the fourth highest grossing rated R movie of all time. So it yes. made a shit ton of money. Everyone saw it. It was popular. It's part of a huge franchise. That's not enough? That's not enough for, for Logan? Yeah. No. That's your Oscar. also win Oscars too. It's just like, mm. it just seems a little too much for me. It's like, so then the Oscars, which are supposed to be about kind of like, you know, letting little films get noticed and... People wouldn't have seen Parasite or watched things like Roma or things of that nature if it weren't for the Oscars. So I think it is important for like yes. movies like that to be nominated and win Oscars. And and like remember how good it felt whenever Parasite won? Like that was the last good thing that happened. I also think that like uh, it was such a good thing that the world was like now we have to like do really horrible things to to like counterbalance all that goodness. Yeah, yeah. Then it just it was like y'all had your fun and now bad shit's happening again. Yeah. I mean, so that, that, that's, I think Logan is just another example of that. And honestly, I hate to say it, and people might get really upset with me for saying this, Logan, no one's going to remember this movie in another five no. years. Truly, the reason, I mean, I forgot that it came out three years ago. There you have and it. And like, I remember every movie I've ever seen. No. <laughs> um, oh yeah, no. At this point, I'm like, oh yeah, what was that movie about? Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, that's 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 what turning thirty does. Yep, it, it it rots your brain. Um, right. so specifically, why do straight people like this? Yeah, I mean, I think that like the biggest thing about it is you know we've talked about this plenty of times about other movies, but like 
straight people just love a dark superhero movie. Dark superheroes. It's like, I think it's validating for them because maybe they read the comics growing up. They liked, you know, the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire or whatever. And people were like, oh, that's nerdy shit. And now it's an opportunity. Like in these Mm -hmm. last 10 years, it's like, no, superhero movies are like serious films. It's a serious serious stuff okay and like it it's dark and it's it's it, it, he's tortured okay and he's well, it's crazy because like when you think about it, like the the most like successful or like at least like critically beloved sort of superhero movie in the past few years was uh spider-man into the spider-verse see that movie's good so much fun love that movie that one like should have been nominated for more oscars because like that one is like i don't know how they did the animation it's should have i've never seen anything that looked like it before Post Malone, my son, should have gotten the best song Oscar that <laughs> oh, year. Oh, Dylan, stop. Oh, my yeah. God. Your Post Malone stand-up <laughs> is, like, so weird to me. I tweeted and deleted real quick, but I was like, Post Malone and 100 Gex are doing the exact same thing. Oh, my God, Dylan. Which that sounds like a Vice article title. <laughs> that is, that's me fully losing my mind. But I mean, they are taking from the same inspiration sources and the same, t- whatever. Well, okay, solid point. But I think, again, Spider Man <laughs> to the Spider Verse, good example of a movie that I think is like, it has fun with it, though. It has, it, yes. it's like superhero movies are supposed to be fun. I'm sorry, people. Like, yes, I get that there's drama and yes, it's tear jerky. I'm not like trying to be a jerk and say that like comic book stuff is not real art. I, I, I do think it's real art. I just think that for me, it's like why what makes superhero stuff special is that it is in its own lane and i say exploit that lane to its fullest potential like why try to make a superhero movie that looks like an old 70s western i don't get it yeah just make it a superhero that's, movie that's the thing with like comic books is that they look like anything because they it's drawn it could be whatever you want it to be it can be anything and just do that yeah like it's so imaginative and then this is like the most unimaginative like what if i took something for kids and made it for adults like that's that's the first thought you think of Definitely. And sometimes first thought, best thought's the best, but, like, not with this. Like, be, just think. Yeah, and I think picking backing off of that, it's, like, then because they're trying to make it so serious and it's so for adults, then you get this whole, like, very I – mean, it's not like I'm approved when it comes to gore or anything, but there is so much gratuitous violence in this movie that, like, to Unnecessary. Me, it's, like, again, this whole thing where it's, like, I guess people watch this movie and go, like, oh, yeah, like, finally we get to see, like, Wolverine really in action here. You know, we just see some heads get literally more than one head gets decapitated in this movie. And again, distracted by all the fucks. I mean, I love to curse. Don't get me wrong, but it just got a little like, yeah. Yeah. Like if you put all your energy in like making, (laughs) I said fuck. Um, But if you put all your energy in like making violence that like, we're so far removed from like gratuitous violence. Like we talked about like a couple episodes ago about like how like Saw is like super influential and like that was the early 2000s and it's like we've already seen gratuitous violence why do you need to see Hugh Jackman with his scissor hands do it or his knife hand sorry is I remember as a little kid reading this like little booklet probably given to me by a church or something about how I shouldn't see (laughs) X-Men like the original X-Men like from like 1999 or whatever the fuck and it was because it was like it's really violent like pg-13 movies like are like too violent for kids and it's so funny thinking about how that really stuck out to me because i think i watched x-men a couple years after that and i was like huh and people then were really worried about kids watching stuff like this and you know so many kids have seen logan i don't care that it's rated r you know that like everybody's seen fucking logan and that to Mm -hmm. me that was violent i was like damn (laughs) <laughs> that's a little yes yeah. it, it gets a little like edgelord for me where it's like so gratuitous that i feel like it, it's doing that same thing again where it's like this is a serious movie but yeah. it's like man you're gonna have like heads would get popped off at least make it like kill bill or something where it's like fun yeah like kill bill is like so much more violent but it's also like that that feels kill bill feels like a manga it, that feels like a comic book even though it's live action and this doesn't feel like a comic book it feels like a movie like a boring mm-hmm. movie that I've seen before. But it's still good. We like Logan. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I think for me it's that. But I think the uh, theme, of course, that we've noticed throughout a lot of the films, I think it was absent in Titanic. But in all of the other movies, we have some sort of thing going on with like daddy, daddy Daddies. stuff. Daddies. Well, this one made Daddies. This one made, uh, made up for um, Titanic not having any daddy stuff because it was the daddy issue between Laura and Wolverine and then Logan and his surrogate daddy, Professor Charles, I couldn't remember his last name, and I was like, "Is it Charles X Men?" Uh, oh Charles Xavier, Xavier <laughs> Charles. Yes, yeah. I think for me, like, and again, it's the same issue I had with Skyfall, 
which is like, I don't know if maybe I'm just a grump about this kind of stuff, but when it comes to like mommy or daddy issues of any kind in a movie, I always just feel like it's so heavy handed and I don't buy mm-hmm. it at all. So in this, it's like, yeah, like I gotta admit, I cried at the end because I hate seeing little kids cry. It just like breaks no. my heart. But like that scene was touching when he dies and she's like, daddy. Well, actually, when she said daddy, that's when I was like, oh, that was, why? <laughs> okay, that was weird. Why did she that have to say weird. that? That just kind of killed the scene for me. But yeah, like for me, it's definitely another example of like daddy issues, daddy issues. I will say this though. I did appreciate that Wolverine was the first male lead we've had where he's actually a complicated, complex, flawed character. That's yeah. That's the first for us. <laughs> Finally. Finally, we get someone with some flaws. But again, it's this, it's still the same issue where it's like he has all these flaws, but we're still rooting for him. And he can like, you know, let this entire family to help him get killed. And we just don't care about them. This entire black family. Yeah, entire, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little... I was like, mm, that was weird. The only um, people that die in this movie are black and Mexican. Um, oh, I didn't see... Oh, uh, Dylan, why don't you let the audience know what all... Every movie <laughs> that we have done has in common. Why, yes, this is the fifth movie in a row where a woman gets hit by a man. Yep, there you it go. Keeps there happening, you it, baby. ladies and gentlemen. Every single movie that we have chosen somehow, by happenstance, has involved a scene where a woman gets hit by a man. I was like, okay, Titanic, it can't be. Nothing. Nope. Billy Zane, he, he strikes her. He smacks her. <laughs> Princess Bride. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pr- Princess Buttercup, I think it's smacked a couple times. Mm-hmm. Drive. No, oh. Drive. No, no, no. Drive. Carrie Mulligan smacks Ryan Gosling. No, but he slumped Max Christina Hendricks. No, I forgot. Wait, yeah, what about her, what about Max Fury close. Road? Oh yeah, well Furiosa. Every every the, the, times. the last twenty minutes. Damn it! Yeah, so uh, we're here. Yeah, we're, we're out here. Just five for five. We're just keeping the tally alive. <laughs> God, the darkness. Damn. <gasps> All right, I, I don't want to announce what our next movie is, obviously, but I'm trying to think. Is there? Yeah. Wait, let me go to the list real quick. What is our next? Oh, that de- that movie definitely has a scene where a man smacks a woman for sure. I will cut this part out. What is it? It's secret. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty I'll sure you. there's a scene. I'll actually where bleep like you. <laughs> I'll bleep you out. Yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Just bleep it out. Um. But anyway, yeah. So there you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's what makes this oh. movie straight. Uh. So okay. Now we talk about all the straight stuff in the movie. Is there anything gay in this movie? I think this is our shortest list. <laughs> Honestly, Dylan, I think that we've now come across our straightest movie so far. This is our straightest movie. This is by far our straightest movie. If I would say that our gayest movie so far has been like a tie between like The Princess Bride and like Mad Max, maybe. Yeah. Um, then Titanic and Driver, like in the middle, very solid, just straight. And then this, this is, is like this is heterosexual. Really, this is a het- heterosexual film. <laughs> <laughs> it's that uh, that Nicki Minaj line where she goes. Used to be bite, but now I'm just hetero. Uh, that is our podcast so far. Yeah, no, literally. I'll cut this part out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the only real big gay thing is Richard E. Grant, and even then, he's not that queenie in this movie. I know, and I wish that he queened it up a little bit more. But again, I just like really enjoyed him just being a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it that was, was so fun. much fun. <laughs> he uh, shows up like it is pretty gay. He shows up like fifty minutes into the movie. <laughs> that's very gay. A, a, a late entrance. Late bitch. We're known for that. But really, I tried to like, you know, I was like Lost Boys with the kids, and I was like, no, it just really like nothing about even the little girl kicking ass. I feel like isn't for us either. It just like no. it feels. I I think it's that same kind of thing though, where it's like it's like Terminator Two, like. Like, it reminded me a lot of that with, like, the, the sidekick kid. Except mm-hmm. they're like, we're going to make her serious and we're going to make her a girl. And yeah. that's our way to making this movie a little feminist. 2017. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So we just learned what feminism meant in 2016. And so now it's like, or Mad Max taught us what it was in 2015. Right. Then we forgot for a year and then now we're back again. Right. So. Um, I do think there is one micro, just small, two-line character that is pretty gay, though. And then there's a scene where... Uh, Logan has to buy a new car because his limo gets fucked up or something, and um, he goes. We don't know anything about cars. We don't know anything about cars. Whatever. If you comment on us and it's like the limo is actually sold on CarMax, shut up. Um, But he goes to buy a new truck, and the car saleswoman has a just a deep, deep Holly Hunter Southern accent and is vaping on this like what are those called? Like it's not a pen. It's like the big fucking like it's like a tank. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> she smoke she's just vaping on what one of those. What do I win? What do I win? <laughs> You're straight now. Yay! Um and that woman who has twenty seconds of screen time is gay. Um that's it though. Everything that's else literally it. That's a. That's I, li- I cannot think of one gay thing about this movie. This was a well. Very whenever, whenever, prof- whenever Professor X has his like seizures and everything kind of shakes, it. Re- I, there were two things. I was like, okay, why do I know this? And I was like, oh, it reminds me of that TikTok where. Um, I promise I'll come back around. Learning that TikTok where like it's the person that waking up from the coma with the Paramore song, the All I Wanted. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? Dylan, I. Don't know <laughs> what a TikTok is. Okay, <laughs> I spend too much time on TikTok. Oh, um, I, I love that a lot of our podcasts is don't explain like anything remotely pop culture to me, and I'm just like, I don't know what that is. I think I'm like nine months younger than Kirk, and it's like truly just like <laughs> sit down, Grandma. The, di- the difference between 1990. Wait, no, no, no. You're not even. We're both. You're only like one, you're one month younger than me, right? Oh yeah, I'm one month younger than you. Yeah, we were both in ni- both born in '90, right? Yeah, we both graduated in 2009. We would have been in classes together. Oh um, my god! Oh my god! Um, but anyway, it's like it's like the TikTok. I'm, I hate explaining a TikTok, but whatever. Um, I'm actually it's actually leading to a way worse thing. So this will be quick. Uh, but the TikTok is somebody's like in a coma, and the person wakes them up by playing the Paramore song. The All I wanted was you. And then everyone starts like shaking and freaking out, and I was like, "Oh, that's what this, those scenes remind me of is the TikTok." And then I actually realized what it reminded me of, and then oh. I remember what the whole movie reminded me of is. And this is, if you think my standing of Post Malone is weird, um, are you familiar with the Skrillex video for First of the Year Equinox? Dil- <laughs> what? Where, I fucking where, love Skrillex. Where is this all going? I, you're taking me on a journey. Girl, oh, the thing is, is that like it came out in 2011, 2012, or whatever, and it's like all the like, the kids with superpowers, all the like the the shaking visuals where people are, like frozen and shaking, is all in that Skrillex video. Great. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to watch this Skrillex video as a research. It's a good song, um, and I will put it in the show notes so everyone else can enjoy this fabulous Skrillex song. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Shit. James Mangold stole from Skrillex. James Mangold stole from Skrillex. And that's it. That's Logan. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Logan, baby. We yeah. covered it all. Um, so since we've talked about literally everything in Logan, let's go to our, our I think my, <laughs> this is my favorite section of the podcast. Yeah. This is, this is my favorite too. It's so okay. And it's our gay recommendation section where we like to recommend a gay movie that, you know, hits the same, scratches the same itch. As our main topic movie, but it's a little gayer. Um, I would just say, first of all, just watch Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Also, like you just watched it for Mad Max, it covers the same. It's the same thing for Logan. It's, it's really the the truly the gayest desert film ever. Gay desert film. You have a younger chaotic person, an older, more wise uh, person going through the desert and trying to get from point A to point B. Uh, but my real <laughs> one is. Uh, Paris, Texas. Let me oh, say Oh, yeah, okay. Paris, Texas. Oh, that's a, um, because it's an amazing film. It's incredible. Honestly, Wim Wender, he directed all of your favorite movies. It's like everything he ever did is great. Yeah, he's incredible. He's incredible. Paris, Texas has got to be my favorite, though. It's so good. Well, I love, I, you know I love Pina. I'm like, I'm a big Pina bitch. You are um, a Pina bitch. <laughs> Pina bitch. Pina <laughs> is... One of the one of the all time great performance docs. You know, that's my probably my favorite genre movie is performance docs and <laughs> iconic. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, but Paris, Texas, girl, if you haven't seen it, Harry Dean Stanton, iconic. Um, but he basically is mute, like Laura, for a couple for a little bit, and then he eventually talks. Um, and he finds out that he has a son, or not finds out the son finds out he has a dad. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, and then. Then they go on a road trip to find their mom. So it's a little bit of like an inverted uh, Logan. Yeah, the scene where he talks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Something was beautiful, like acting and dialogue. Oh, so good. Everyone it's watch so vibey. Texas. It's so vibey. It's, it's on slow. HBO Max right now. It's two and a half hours long. No, it's like nothing really happens. It's no, amazing. it's just people chilling. Yeah, and like that's that's kind of one of the things that I had issues with, with Logan is it's like, why does everything that's like gotta be serious straight person have to be so plot heavy? Oh, so well, the thing with like, with 
with Paris, Texas is that it's like everything that Logan is. It's like it's about like fatherhood. It's about like masculinity. It's about the open road. It's about finding yourself with uh, someone that you're new with or whatever. But it's like so gay because <laughs> it's just like vibes. Anything that's on the Criterion Collection, I guess except for The Princess Bride, is gay. And Armageddon. And Armageddon. Yeah. Although, (laughs) uh, we're like an hour into it, and I've already talked about all the straight shit I like. I don't, I mean, I don't like love Michael Bay. Like, I'm not like a Michael, I'm not one of those like psychos that like defends Michael Bay. But there was this piece that came out about him probably like 10 years ago where they talked about him in film school and how like one of his professors was like, oh yeah, Michael Bay's favorite movie is West Side Story because it's so visually stunning and like that's all he took from West Side Story and so it's just like the the colors and the movement and so Michael Bay's movies are all like him trying to make West Side Story but just like fully impressionistically and it's like fascinating that's so interesting I want to like love him because it's like I do love a lot of like James Cameron's films and other like quintessential like Broy action directors, but I think for me, it's like if it's all about color, it's like where are the colors, Michael? Because it's yeah. like it's all like fucking silver and gray. Yeah, clashing. He lost. He lost the. Mo- he lost the mojo. I mean, the gay, gay Michael Bay is Roland Emmerich. That's so. Well, and he's actually gay. And he's actually gay. <laughs> yeah, I love. I think disaster movies might be my favorite, like bad subgenre of movies. Oh, it's the I best, especially when they give movie. like a billion dollars to Roland Emmerich and for no reason to make just like shit like 10,000 BC. Oh my like, God. 2012. Oh, oh, 20, what a stu- is, that our, is that our second John Cusack movie that we love? Oh God. Yeah. John Cusack. Oh, dad. Did I ever tell you? Okay. I might, uh, no, I won't get this out. Um, so whenever I went to Pitchfork Fest in 2016, we saw uh, Brian Wilson was one of the, he was one of the sub headliners. And it was truly like, let's wheel out grandpa so he can tell us some stories. It was, he was, he did not look good. Um, Aww, but, yeah, that's always awkward. But John Cusack was on stage, like playing, like, wouldn't it be nice with them? And I was like, that's cool. I mean, because that movie had just come out, The Love and Mercy. I was like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. But then Joan Cusack was there too. And I'm like, what is Joan <gasps> doing? Joan. It was fucking <sighs> iconic. I guys just so got so excited because like, I love her so, so much. So, yes, I have seen Joan Cusack at Pitchfork Fest. <laughs> That is a sentence I thought I would never hear come out of anyone's mouth. Like, and then I, I love it, love it. <sighs> Her and In and Out. Oh, I need to rewatch that movie. Bitch, it's so good. It's also like eighty-five minutes long. Oh, we love a short movie. Love a short movie, unless um, it's Paris, Texas, which is twelve hours long. <laughs> I think for me, my gay Rex, unfortunately, are nothing super exciting. I think for me, it's just like there's so many other great gay superhero movies. And and I and one thing I want to make clear is I don't want to like suggest that throughout this pod that I think that superhero movies are a straight genre because I know so many gay boys that love. Girl, Marvel. my Twitter is all WandaVision right now. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Ooh, girl, we about to lose so many <laughs> listeners after you said that. I will make it louder. But yeah, I think that like a lot of gays love superhero movies, and, and I think it's because the movies that we were raised on were gay. All the Batman movies that were from the 90s, gay. The early Spider-Man movies, I'm just going to say it, gay. The early oh, yeah, X-Men girl. movies, gay. And then oh, Christopher Nolan, even though he did make a good movie or whatever, it's like he went, you know what, we're going to take this away from camp we're gonna take this away from the gays and we're gonna start making serious superhero movies and then they stole yet another thing from us thanks mm-hmm. thank you christopher thank you christopher nolan i am gonna make us do a tenant episode one day though no oh, jesus christ <laughs> dylan i cannot watch tenant again <laughs> we'll have it whenever you're sick one day or whatever i'll get <laughs> i'll jesus get someone will make me sicker <laughs> That was fun. This is a fun episode. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. It was interesting talking about something that we didn't like love and mm-hmm. then kind of trying to like, it's almost like we were like trying to solve the puzzle. We're like, yeah, what is it about this movie? What that, is the tenant? No, uh, what is, we, I think we might have answered why, which is yeah. just like take Wolverine and scorsese it and it's a capital F film. We did it. Film hey. with an E and an accent mark at the end. Film. Film. Um, well, this has been uh, Straight People Movies. My name is Dylan, and you can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcia, and at Letterboxd at Garcia. And also, you can find us. I haven't put that yet. Uh, you can find us on all social platforms at Straight People Movies, at Straight STR8, PPL Movies, no pod. That's it. <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you can find us there. DM us, be our friend. Yeah, tell us that we're wrong. We love it. Someone love told it. me the other day that our opinion on Mad Max Fury Road was wrong. 
And I love one, that. Fight us. <laughs> fight us. Fight Our me. first guest um, that we're going to have in a couple of weeks, uh, he said the first thing he's going to do when he comes on is to yell at us about our opinions on Drive. Oh, fun. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. And uh, my name is Kirk. You can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter at Kirk Van Sickle. Uh, my name without the vowels except for the E at the end. You'll see it at the bottom. You'll see it. We got it. We copy, we, we I copy you. and paste it every week. It's fine. Um, this was fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yay. We'll see you all next week. Yay. Five episodes Bang. deep. Cute. Five episodes deep. We did it. Mwah. Bye. Bye. And now came talk. 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 Talk.